1: Left side for the right side, and it
0: must be the, fin side. It ain't the Thank left you, Solo D, and welcome right to right another side. episode of On the Finn Side as we recap the Miami Dolphins victory in a very dramatic victory, wet victory over the Arizona Cardinals this past Sunday by the score of twenty-six to twenty-three. I'm Brian Katanzaro. They call me Cat, and I'm joined by Paul Pickin. And you can follow us on Twitter, on Facebook, on YouTube. Paul, obviously the big news in this game, Ryan Tannehill, late in the fourth quarter, gets hit low by Calais Campbell, the Arizona Cardinals, goes down, goes in the locker room, comes back out, crying, being consoled by his teammates, very clear, To the people watching at home that he was going to be out for the year, torn ACL. Otherwise, you know, that would just be erratic behavior. Then uh, the Dolphins get some good news on Monday. Turns out it's not a torn ACL. It's a strained one. May keep him out for the rest of the year. So the Dolphins do have Matt Moore starting and TJ Yates, who they recently signed as the backup. Uh, So your initial reactions, did you think Tannehill was out for the year?
1: I was willing to wait and see. Uh, I was watching it with my uncle and, and with my father and my uncle immediately said, no, if it's torn and we see constantly where these guys think from the initial diagnosis that something's torn or that it's not as severe as it actually is. So I'm always willing to wait for the thorough examination the following day. We always know that it's going to be quick. I was very, very happy with the prognosis, immediately went out, took a look around and depending on what grade those sprains are, it can really be anywhere from two two to four weeks to a year. And it sounds like it's on a little bit of the lighter side. So hopefully Miami is able to take two of the next three sneak into the playoffs and get a healthy Tannehill back uh, in round one of the playoffs. I don't see Matt Moore being the guy that leads us to the promise. Plan. I never made a secret of that preseason or the past couple of seasons. I've always thought Tannehill goes down. That can potentially be our season, but this late in the year and potentially get it back to the playoffs it's not lost at
0: this point. Well, I'm with your uncle and your dad. I believe in snap judgments on injuries. I did think his ACL was torn. And uh, yeah, I'm glad I was wrong on that. Um, So Matt Moore, takes over the starting quarterback position uh, for the Dolphins. I definitely like Matt more and more than you do, and I'm I'm looking forward to seeing what, the, what this guy has. It seems like he's always played better with the lights on. Uh, in other news, as we get to the grades a little bit later, Dion Jordan, Mike Pouncey, both are going to be shelled for the season, and uh, Deion Jordan... Doesn't surprise me. It did, didn't sound like the guy was ready to play mentally, physically, and, and Mike Pouncey could be a bigger issue because I'm, I've am i had about just about enough of Craig, Craig Erbick. Pouncey
1: could be. I, I do like Steen at center. Um, hopefully, there's not another injury at this point because Miami is pretty thin along that line depth-wise. Uh, the Deion Jordan thing. I'm a little bit torn on because yeah, the guy's had his issues. Uh, He's paid his dues trying to get back. And really, he would have been such a natural sit if he was in any way, shape, or form ready to play for what Miami's missing on defense. They've got the Jelani Jenkins eternal 85 million injuries. Donald Butler on the other side. Neville Hewitt kind of plugging in. Spencer are kind of plugging in. Miami's got a weakness against the tight end on defense and really needs some support from that outside linebacker spot. And he could have been somebody that they could have brought back and and actually had an impact against tight ends down the stretch here and also a little bit in the pass rush as well. So he could have really shored up one of the biggest gaps that there is on Miami's defense. And it's unfortunate that he's not going to be back this year. Hopefully he gets it together for next year and can be an impact for this team. And then Miami only needs one outside linebacker.
0: Also, taking a look at the Dolphins, schedule in 2017 looks like steve ross is interested in giving yet another home game for the miami dolphins away the dolphins will play next year in europe in london against the new orleans saints so i mean i don't know paul i I mean am i the the only one that gets pissed off about this i do and i don't
1: i i mean it's rough going it it helps expand the fan base over in england which miami's got a pretty good fan base that don't get to see the player it helps Miami get a Super Bowl in Florida, which, unfortunately, that's one of the dues that the NFL has put out as a hurdle at this point to be able to do so. Would it be sweet as hell to see Miami get the Super Bowl in their home stadium? God damn right. But it's, it's a rough thing. It sucks they have to lose a home game to do so. At least it's not a playoff game. At least it's against the Saints. At least it's not the Jets game. It's not a big rivalry game. So It happens. I, I'm willing to deal with it at this
0: point. Well, we have another choice, so we'll we'll stick with that. So looking at the Cardinals-Dolphins game, man, oh, man, now here we are. The Dolphins have won seven of their last eight contests after a one-and-four start uh, following a loss to the Tennessee Titans all the way back in Week 5. Uh, very fast start for the Dolphins. Mike Hull has an interception on Carson Palmer's first drive, followed by a 29-yard quick strike to Kenny Stills, and then an, – uh, the Dolphins continue to nurture that lead. They're up 21 to seven with 13 and a half minutes left in the fourth quarter. And Arizona has thrown for less than 50 yards, has the ball on their own one yard line. They drive 99 yards, get the ball back, score again. Then you have a Walt Aikens return for two points that, that has the Dolphins up 23, 15 the Cardinals drive the length of the field again Get the two-point conversion, and it's 23-23, and they're getting the ball back, and Ryan Tannehill presumably was out for the year at that point. Man, oh, man, how things turned in that fourth quarter. Dolphins end up on a Jarvis Landry 20-yard punt return, getting the ball back to Arizona territory. Two Kenny Stills catches the lay. The Dolphins are kicking a 21-yard field goal to win the game. Paul, they always make it interesting, don't they? They certainly
1: do, and I, and I don't think the uh, driving rain... At points in time helped, but you know what? It it seemed to even hurt the Cardinals more than it hurt Miami. I mean, you saw them dropping the ball a hell of a lot more. It was a rough one. It was a tough one, and Miami gutted it out here uh, despite the fact that they couldn't get the running game going.
0: Yeah, no doubt about it. So, Paul, let's get to the grades. Heading into the game, uh, the Arizona Cardinals' pass defense combined, the quarterbacks they had faced had a quarterback rating of 76.6, The Dolphins in this contest, 18 passes for 25 yards, 72% completion percentage, 242 yards, three touchdowns and an interception, quarterback rating of 125.8 between Ryan Tannehill's 20 passes and Matt Moore's five. Paul, how do you grade the quarterback spot?
1: This is easily an A for me. This is a very tough secondary, and Tannehill found holes all day. Uh, Kenny Stills, I thought, had a phenomenal game. This is probably the best game Kenny's had as a Dolphin. And then everybody else contributed, including Jarvis Landry on that 70-yard reception here. Tannehill did have the one fumble on the on the quarterback exchange with the center down at the two-yard line. Miami should have gotten the ball back and put the game away there on that one because J.H.I. clearly recovered that fumble. But you know what? Tannehill threw three touchdown passes, didn't show any sign of slowing down, came out aggressive with his throws. And for me,
0: it's an Yeah, I've got to go with an A2 for the statistics that I put up. And on that, yes, he did have that fumble. you got to take care of the ball in that situation. And It looked like a clean exchange from Anthony Steen. And even when you look at the, the interception from Ryan Tannehill, I looked at that play, and I'm not even sure that that was his fault. I mean, Kenny Stills, who had a great game otherwise, uh, slipped coming out of his break. Then as he regained his composure, didn't look like he attacked the ball well enough. Marcus Cooper cuts in there for that. So uh, other than that, though, fantastic performance, especially given the uh, the, uh, the torrential downpour.
1: Yeah, one, one other quick comment on the on the quarterback thing. I know if you didn't watch the game out there, it, you probably saw the one lateral that Tannehill had that, slipped out of his hand in a torrential downpour. It didn't look like it was raining at that point. If you just saw the highlight, that was an absolutely slick and wet ball that, that just slipped out of his hand as it came out. Don't pay any attention to the, the sensationalization of the media. Stuff like Twitter, et cetera, trying to use that as the propaganda.
0: On to the running back spot, Paul, Jay Still, you know, it seems like game after game he's a sledgehammer back there. He's breaking tackles, but at the end of the game, not putting up the numbers that he was earlier in the season. Uh, I'm going to grade this running back position and I'm 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 going to give him a C minus. I mean, it's you know, Damian Williams 5 carries for 7 yards, did have a touchdown reception. Kenyon Drake I'd still like to see a little bit more involved. You know, it's it's hard for me to completely blame Ajaye but there were some tackles I thought he should have broke in this game. Uh, that that's something I haven't said in games past. So, given the stats, given uh, given that, I'm going to give him a C minus.
1: It's a C just- for me, and, and like you, I would like to see a little more Kenyon Drake. And, and to be honest with you, I, I really like the roles that they're finding for Damian Williams, and would like to see him UK with them keeping. Jae Fresh. The dudes broke a lot of tackles this season. He leads the NFL. And I really, really like that eight yard run we saw from Drake where he ran over about five or six people from the 10 down to the 2. So you're right. We should see a little bit more Drake out there, and that's not to take away from what JH has done. It's to keep him healthy and keep him fresh and keep him running over defenses in the second half.
0: Moving to the receiver unit, uh, obviously big plays in this contest by Jarvis Landry and Kenny Stills, not so much Devontae Parker. How would you grade the receivers and tight ends?
1: Easily in A. Jarvis Landry needs to get his Temperament a little bit back in check. I know he plays with a lot of emotion, but we cannot have these scenarios where we're looking at a half a game where God forbid he gets one on sportsman like contact and he's gone. Uh he's too critical to this offense and he needs to be out there and that you can haunt other players. So he needs to get away from
0: that. Yeah, I'm gonna give him a I'll give him an A minus taking a little away for Jarvis Landry's taunting penalty. Kenny Stills, I thought, had a few mistakes, but overall a great game. Six catches for 97 yards and a touchdown. Devontae Parker, you know, it's hard to tell if he's really that hurt or if he just wasn't as involved in the game plan, my, my guess is that he's continuing to gut it out there with the back injury. Leante Carew is still not as involved as I want him to be, and Deion Sims, another game with a touchdown. So overall, a good good performance from this group, but temperaments definitely have to be kept in check. The offensive line, i I got to say, Brandon Albert and Juwan James have gone up against two really good pass rush combinations in – Elvis Dumerville and Terrell Suggs last week against Baltimore, where they did a good job... And then this week against Arizona, against Chandler Jones and Marcus Golden at those outside linebacker spots, uh, held them in check as well. I mean, uh, the middle of the offensive line's a bigger problem for me. I, Anthony Steen I think is a fine backup, but we're really missing Mike Pouncey right now. Laramie Tunzel commits his fourth penalty in two games, but overall I think Tunzel will be a star. But the offensive line, if pass protection's the name of the game, I give him an A in that spot, and I give their run blocking probably a D, so I'm going to even it out there, give him a, give him about a B for this contest.
1: Yeah, I've got about a B minus for these guys. I mean, they they were going up against a very formidable defense. I think I I like Steen a little bit more um, than you do, and, and Pouncy's chronic hip injury leads me to appreciate Steen even more so than than I did early in the season. But yeah, I think Juwan James is a guy that got benched early in the season and, and really has responded to that and. I was thinking about it earlier today, and I'm glad you brought it up. I really thought, you know what, Brandon Albert misses five, six games a year every season. We cannot have that from our left tackle. But let's face it, I'm fine with Laramie Tunsil staying at left guard for another year if Brandon Albert's able to tough through these injuries and, and play at the level that he has this season. And it's it's nice to go into the off season with not that many holes along the starting offensive line to plug. This is a team that, that they don't have very many holes overall. So outside of outside linebacker and a couple other little things here and there, this is a team that can really build based off of best player available next next off season and be ready to move forward. So for me, yeah, I'll give these guys a B minus. I do think they need to do a little bit better in the run blocking again, but they've been keeping Tannehill pretty clean and yeah, Calais Campbell got that hit on him on an effort play. Where it was unfortunate. I don't think it was dirty. It was just an unfortunate play the way it came out. So, yeah, B minus for me.
0: Yeah, and uh, in, in sticking with the offensive line. I mean, if you think about it, if they do release Brandon Albert and move Tunzel to that left tackle spot, I want it to be because they're going out and they're getting a Pro Bowl guard like a Kevin Zeitler, somebody like that. But. Otherwise, I mean, with Pouncey's uncertainty and moving Tunzel in the – I mean, you're going to have to replace the whole interior of your offensive line. But there's plenty of time to talk about that after the season. Uh, Paul, moving to the defensive side of the ball, at least for three quarters, even with the injuries to all the back seven, this looked like a dominant performance, really set the tempo up front with the defensive line. How would you grade this unit? For me,
1: I'd really give this unit a A. They were terrorizing Carson Palmer all day long. And I think Jason Jones easily had the first game we've seen from him this season where he showed warrant to possibly consider bringing him back next year. Uh, I think he had his best day as a Dolphin. I think Andre Branch continued to show why he experienced re-signed Cameron Wake's just an absolute freak of nature, and Adamic and Sioux was, was stuffing plays left and right. Add to that what Jordan Phillips and, and Earl Mitchell brought in on, on defense, and I was very happy with it. And even Terrence Fede got a little in on the action, which I wanted him released after his dumb-dumb play earlier in the season. That that pretty much was a turning point in in that game. So for me, yeah, it, it easily... A-minus here, I would have liked to see a little higher sack total, but I think they set the tone for everybody behind.
0: I'll go with an A-minus too. I mean, uh, Cameron Wake on the season, nine and a half sacks, four forced fumbles, and I can distinctly remember this year, three sacks that were called back on penalties that Wake had. So we we easily should be talking about double-digit sacks. Um, yeah, and Dominick sue a monster inside. Andre Branch needs to be re-signed, no doubt about it. Otherwise, you're going into the future at defensive end without a long-term solution. Uh, Branch, I think, has proven everything he needs to. Jason Jones, I agree with you. I thought he was getting better and better and better, then he got suspended, and then this past week proved to be... Very good in that rotation again. I, I wouldn't mind seeing him back as a 31-year-old player uh, to, to complete the rotation. I, I I think part of it was the Dolphins' defensive line played well. Part of it is the Arizona Cardinals' injured offensive line really contributed to their poor play, and Carson Palmer getting rattled all game. The linebacker, Paul Mike Hall replaces Kiko Lonzo at the linebacker spot, gets an interception on his first drive. How do you grade the linebackers? This
1: is a tough one. Uh uh-huh. I still think that Butler's an absolute liability when he's on the field. I thought Neville Hewitt was okay in his limited action. I was pretty impressed with Mike Hall. He, he's a guy that he doesn't look like he should be out there playing middle linebacker on an NFL field or playing any linebacker spot on an NFL field. He doesn't grade out speed-wise or, or really any measurable as somebody that should be out there. But in terms of pure effort and, and heart and play, you know what? The, the guy really does seem to have something and pacing I thought had a pretty good day when he was out there as well. So if you can find a role for Mike Hall, maybe it's just being Kiko's backup. Maybe he can slide into one of those outside backer spots and, and help the dolphins next season, but they might have something there. So for me, uh, I'll give these guys a B, especially considering none of our starting linebackers were in the lineup for this one.
0: Yeah. I am going to give them, I'm going to give them a B minus. Uh, Mike Hall. I agree with you. I th- I thought he played a fantastic game at at that spot, not just the interception, um, but being active. Um, He did, he does get caught up in the wash, which tends to happen when you're, you know, 225, 230 pounds. I still don't like the outside linebackers. And when you look at it too, the Cardinals had 27 carries for 175 yards, pretty healthy yards per carry average there. But, you know, it was a dominant defensive performance for the first three quarters so I, I've got to give him a little bit of credit for that. So we're going to go with the C+. Plus. Uh, finally, the secondary, Paul. A. Hey, easily in A. I thought Byron Maxwell continued to show
1: his his level of dominance. The Arizona Cardinals have a very formidable wide receiver and tight end core. And I really think that these guys did a great job in, in really shutting these down and terrorizing Carson Palmer all day back there and letting the defensive line make the plays up in front of him. Tony Lippett, I really like what I see out of him. Bobby McCain continues to get stronger. And Bakari Rambo actually had a good day for the as a Dolphin, which we haven't seen yet, in my opinion anyway. And Kudis did show that once Rashad Jones is back, we, we really do have a good parry back there. And Michael Thomas even stepped in for a bit and really has shown that he belongs on this team, finally, after the two years of just wallowing out on that field. So... All said and done, I'm going to get these guys an A because this is a very formidable passing offense.
0: Yeah, I'll give them an A- minus simply because in the last 10 minutes of the game, this, this unit seemed to let down a little bit. But overall, yeah, I mean, Byron Maxwell specifically. I mean, Larry Fitzgerald, three catches for 12 yards. Yeah, Maxwell, I think, had a penalty or two, but I'll take that if you're talking – you know, three catches for 12 yards against a Hall of Fame wide receiver who has 88 catches on the year. Um, you look at Byron Maxwell, three catches for 12 yards against Fitzgerald. Against the Steelers, Antonio Brown has four catches for 39 yards. Brandon Marshall has 45 yards receiving against Maxwell. And you look at even uh, the the last two games against the 49ers and Ravens, where they did a uh, throw for a lot of yards. There are only four of those passes completed off of Byron Maxwell against the Ravens and the and the 49ers. So I think this guy is, is – for somebody I didn't even like that much at the beginning of the year, man, oh, man, has he taken it to the next level. Um, Tony Lippitt tends to give up a lot of cushion. I, I think he's still a step slow at sometimes. I'm I'm waiting for Xavier Howard. Hopefully he can come back and make an impact. But, you know, Lippitt I think has done – Uh, what he's been required to do Michael Thomas continues to get better I agree with you starting to look like a starting caliber safety Uh, Rambo did have the interception also got outran by JJ Nelson Rambo is what he is but overall this unit you're talking about Carson Palmer in the first 47 minutes of the game had 48 yards passing Uh, that that's a pretty dominant performance rain or no rain I'm going to give this unit, Paul, you gave him an A. I'm going to give him an A-. minus.
1: Yeah, and, and one more quick comment on that as well. It's anybody out there that, that's watching this team and, and still saying that our secondary is in dire straits and that Byron Maxwell in particular just isn't good. You're grading him off of those performances from where Vance Joseph stuck him too far off the ball, stuck Lippitt too far off the ball, and really you need to look at his body work since he moved up the guy's a press man corner always has been and he is putting in a pro bowl season right now that's masked by the first four or five games this guy is playing lights out and really needs to be in miami for a while here especially given the fact that if if we keep all four of our top corners right now we've got byron maxwell Xavier howard bobby mccain tony lippett and all of them have been do- doing an admirable job when they've had the chance out there. So we're not in dire straits at the cornerback position anymore. It's a fantastic feeling uh, because basically the past few years we've had one, maybe two cornerbacks at times, and it just hasn't worked. So I love what Miami has in the secondary going into the offseason.
0: Yeah. And uh, you look at the secondary and the running back spot. Th- these were very easily the two biggest spots on the dolphins roster heading into the year that we thought, man, we're going to be in trouble there. And now they've, they're turning out to be strengths of the team, which like you said before, Paul does put the dolphins in position where in the off season, they could go with best player available and free agency in the draft and a lot of these spots as well. Special teams, definitely not a normal game from the special teams unit. I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, a, a lot of balls up in the air on that. So it, it, it really made the difference in the game. I mean, Walt Aiken's, blocked extra point on Chandler Catanzaro it takes it back to the house that puts the Dolphins up by eight. Otherwise Arizona would have been leading heading into the last couple of minutes. Jarvis Landry, I've said it once and I'll say it again. This guy needs to be returning punts because I think he's the best in the league at doing it. Uh, you, you look at in the rain on that final drive, Jarvis Landry catches a punt, leapfrogs somebody, breaks a tackle, and then gets all the way up to the 46-yard line. And Matt Moore throws one completion of 14 yards or 16 yards or whatever it was to Kenny Stills, and you're in field goal range now. I mean, he makes a huge difference as a returner uh, in the game. So Chandler Catanzaro, and I'm saying the name correctly because my last name's Catanzaro, absolutely, other than the 56-yard field goal, was, was the goat of this game. Catanzaro sucks.
1: I'll agree with you on that. You must have one of those Catanzaro jerseys at home.
0: <laughs>
1: uh, it, it was a weird day on special teams. can- usually, you know, Mr. Reliable and thank God he wasn't a uh, great job by Jordan Phillips on that extra point to bust through and squeeze his, uh, what looks like 800 pound frame between two grown men and, and get both hands on that ball for Walt Dickens to be able to pick up and run back with it. Um, uh, on an odd note, I think this is the first time and probably the last time you'll ever hear me say this. I think Andrew Franks had a better day than Matt Dar did. Um, Matt Dar shanked a couple of punts and wasn't his usual Pro Bowl self. But you know what? I'll put that up to the rain. And, uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to go with an A- minus here, uh, mainly based off of some of the stuff you already pointed out. Um,
0: I'll go with the name minus two, and I'll tell you, Matt Darr. It seems like we've been saying that for a couple weeks now uh, with him. That that it seems like he's regressing, and you know, I was thinking that hey, he's still having a pretty you know a Pro Bowl caliber season. Then I looked at the numbers, and he's somewhere around twenty second or twenty third in, in kicking average. I mean, it's not great. And you know, Andrew Franks, when he's gotten the opportunities. Hasn't really come through either. It'll be interesting to see if the Dolphins take a look at some kickers and punters in the off season. Paul, you're going to have a busy week. Uh, you're going down to MetLife Stadium. Going to be part of the MetLife Takeover. How's it looking? Yeah, here?
1: absolutely excited about that. And it was one one really cool note as well is uh, if you are going to be in the New York area on Saturday, um, make sure you swing by Slattery's Joe Rose, and Nat Moore are actually going to be at slattery's i think starting around noon uh you can go to dolphins nyc's facebook page to see more but they're going to be filming uh cup of joe with uh, joe rose which they usually do on game days which is going to be awesome to go down and check out but yeah if you're in the area at all and uh you're going to the game make sure you swing by because it's it's usually an amazing time out there with with those guys We've had 1,200-plus Dolphins out there tailgating together, and, and it's a really good time. Uh, so make sure you check that out. Go to DolphinsNYC.com. Go to their Facebook page. Give them a little bit of love. And, uh, yeah, if you see
0: me there, come up and say hi. Be sure to do that. And uh, with that note, we are going to root for the Dolphins to go 9-5 and five this week. And remember, if it's not on the right side and it's not on the left side, it is on the Fin side. Solo D, take us home.
1: It ain't the left side for the right side. And it must be the fence side. Fence side. It ain't the left, left side. side. for the right, right side. side. And it must uh, be the fence side. Listen, Dolphins fans across the land all tuning in. To see what Brian, Cat, and Paul about to do again. We rep our team. You can't change, stop, or ruin it. All we need is to figure what to do to win. Fins Radio, live and direct to lose, We're showing up for every contest. No puppet talk, is all raw and unfiltered. Voice of the fans when the season looks peculiar. Rockin' apple orange over here, then you familiar. Every week they come and do our speakers to fulfill the Craig, We have to hear about our team and all the latest news. Vets the rookies trying to make the team payin' dues. Current players and alumni interviews. City to city, state to state, follow the moves. Line Dolphins talk set to go. Best Uh-oh. sports team and show all across the globe. Fin. It ain't the left side or the right side, and it must be the fence side. It ain't the left side or the right side, and it must be the fence side. It ain't the left side or the right side, and it must be the fence side. It ain't the left side.